Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D podcast. And listeners, I have a very special guest. I can't lie, I'm I'm um, a little bit hyped because she might be the first guest I've had from the West Coast, from Cali. So you already know I'm going to be asking her a bunch of questions just about what the lifestyle is out there but listeners you know how we do on the coach you podcast we have to introduce our athletes the right way so let me get my david stern on <clears throat> let me clear up my throat okay <clears throat> listeners stepping on the court at five foot eleven by way of upland california now a sophomore for the california golden bears in high school led lakeside to the cif southern section division 2a title Averaging 28 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. Named the 2018 and 2019 All-USA California Girls Basketball second team and scored 810, I repeat listeners, 810 points during that season. And as of recent is a All-Pac-12 freshman honorable mention. Listeners, give a warm welcome to Jazlyn <laughs> uh, thank you thank you thank you <laughs> that of was course. cool that was cool that was really cool <laughs> that is all cool that is all cool so Jazlyn talk to me how's your in this moment how's your physical and your m- mental um physical um you know I just recently had a knee surgery not too long ago um mm-hmm. so I'm in the recovery process um as we're speaking um you know that's how you know, with knee surgery and stuff like that, you can imagine where my physical is at, especially right. when I'm worked out. Right. Um, mental, um, mental. I think I've had my uh, trials uh, that kind of got me at my lows and right. my highs at my highs. But I think right now, I would say I'm very content and I'm pushing forward and ready to get back out there. I love it. I love it. That's the that's the the mindset to have. Now, just before we get into you know the player that you are today if you could just take us back and I'm and I'm trying so hard not to rush the part about you being from Cali I don't know if it's the Kobe the Lakers the Clippers but it's just that that city brings about so much excitement <laughs> for me personally you know um, especially being from London just the fans and everything but we're gonna get to the eventually but um just in in terms of take us back to you know that very first time where you was introduced to basketball and your very first session of course of course um actually i have um four uh i have four siblings i have two older brothers an older sister and a younger sister and my dad used to play a little bit when he was younger but my brothers also played basketball and for the um for i can remember when i was young um, they always used to have a basketball around. My brothers played on this little rec team, and I used to always go. My dad was coaching them. We used to always go support them and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it wasn't until one day I was outside. You know, it was always in my blood, always watched it, always enjoyed, you know, uh, seeing my brothers play. I was outside. It was like a little family event that we were having, and there was a basketball court. And my uncle, um, you know, he was watching me shoot regular free throws, like not even, like, really you know uh far free throws or whatever but okay right he was was just out there with me watching me you know shoot and um he he knows 
one of his friends or buddies um, that he grew up with um, was the the leader, or I'll say the I would say like the president or a coach of a travel ball team back oh, in Pasadena. And he was watching me, and he was like, you know what? I think you would like really enjoy playing for this team. It was called the Pasadena Vikings, and you know I was about in the fourth grade, so I say about ten, maybe eleven. I can't remember, but okay. from that moment, I went to um, you know he was telling my parents that I would be really good at it, and I always like liked it. I always loved playing sports and stuff like that, so I was excited. And my brothers played, so it was a bonding tool for sure. Oh, so then man. you know, um, so like I said, the free throws was like he was like, oh, you might have something. I don't know what he. Said. <laughs> free throws, you know. At that age, at that age, you know your your form and stuff is kind of all whack, and right. you, know, you don't really understand the logistics of everything. Right, so right. I'm like, okay, like I just ran with it, just you know, wanted to do something, kind of want to be like my brothers. Mm-hmm. And then from that moment, you know, just going to the games and practice, and you know, getting more serious about it, and getting older, and starting to understand. Um, the game more as on a mental aspect and athletic, you know, skillfully, I started putting more times in. And it wasn't until eighth grade or, you know, seventh grade, I will say uh, too, but eighth grade, you know, people start, you know, speaking more on right. what I could possibly be and where I could possibly, you know, telling me, oh, you have every, you know, all the skill levels, like you're going to be really good. And, I, at, you know, at eighth grade, you don't know, right. you know what it is that they're seeing. But, you know, I kept putting in more time and wanting to get better about it. So in that eighth grade, my brother at the time, you know, he was you know still in high school, mm-hmm. but he started watching me too. And he started taking a liking and a more investing into, you know, how I was doing. So okay. then in eighth grade, we were going through all these tournaments. I was getting a lot better. I was starting to understand the game more. I was starting to meet different people, different type of trainers and stuff like that. And um, I started taking it more serious. And over time, like I said, the game started becoming easier for me, I will say. Right. But I also my work ethic went way up than where it was at. And my brother started finding, you know, that I was really motivated and I wanted to be somewhere when I was younger. Right. I used to always say, like, I wanted to play with the greats. I wanted to go to the WBA. I wanted to Here play for UConn. You Here know what every other, every little girl, you know, dreams of. Like, right. at the time, that's when UConn was, like, really, like, you know, number one. Like, there wasn't all mm-hmm. these other schools that was competing for the top level. Right. So, um eighth grade happened and um like I said my brother started seeing that and I really never had like you know a personal trainer or like trainers who are you know gifted and you know are uh, famous or people who know these all type of talented trainers like the expensive trainers I was mm-hmm. just me and my brother right. and I just took a, I took every practice and stuff like it was a game and I just kept working at it working at it so that, that's the introduction to like when I was younger and how I got into basketball so that low key sound like some when J. Cole first came up with hip hop. Like, it sounded like I was chilling on the corner, then I got involved with it. I love it. Right, like, right. You know what's crazy? Like, it's, it's, and it, it just really shows the difference in, in terms of what can happen in the US versus London. Because when you were telling me just now about how you got into basketball and your uncle was watching, I could just imagine him saying, Benjamin's young fella, <laughs> you know, hold your follow through. Because like over here, I can remember, it's so crazy because as you was telling the story, I was kind of thinking back to how I got into basketball. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I don't think I um, have told the listeners on this podcast, but in terms of me becoming a coach, I actually um, asked our school coach at the time, you know, so what's mm-hmm. it like? being a coach and and would you say I, I i should you know do my level one and two no don't do it there's no point basketball sucks in this country i was like 
well girl i bet okay say less but it was just like <laughs> I, I i really didn't get that initial push in the beginning because i'm going to be truthful with you guys and like for me i got into basketball for selfish reasons because like i wanted to be the best player in my mm-hmm. school so i thought you know what mm-hmm. coaches usually know a hell of a lot about the sport so let me kind of do my level one do my level two and, and and you know see how it goes and literally from there it was like well if i know all this information and especially um basketball in london still a developing sport why not kind of just share this knowledge which in return will make the clubs and basketball a lot more better in this country you know so it's it's, mm-hmm. it's very very interesting and it's crazy because in your voice i could just tell that you're you're hungry for it like you 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 kind of already know in in terms of what it takes to reach that elite level you know right and like um you know the reason why i started is because like i just really enjoyed playing and i love mm. playing and watching it like um it was never about like me trying to prove anything or to anybody it was all about just me having fun with it and seeing right. like you know as i got older i started realizing everybody else's perspective and seeing how much they enjoyed watching me play and like how much you know it was bringing them smiles and stuff like that that's when i really started affecting people but for me when i was younger it was all about just you know seeing that i was bonding with my brothers or my dad or just having fun you know the competitiveness like that stuff was just like it was like adrenaline every time right. i touched the basketball like i had something that was just fed this feeling that you get when you you really love something so yes. that's how it started it wasn't more of like me trying to prove something or anything and then once i got older and I realized that this can be, this is very competitive and there's people out there who got the same mentality and the same feeling as, that you do when you play. Right. That's when it started becoming more of a, like a, a thing that I wanted to do and make, make myself known and people to uh, realize who I was at that point. So I would say about once I got to my sophomore year of high school, you know, eighth grade, like I said, eighth grade, people started noticing and, you know, really seeing how serious I took the sport right. and how serious I was about it. And where I was trying to get with it, but I think sophomore year of high school, that's when it was like, okay, like she's really going somewhere at that point. So even before you got to your sophomore year in high school, was you very green? And like, I mean, like the reason why I say it is because um, I remember um, I was coaching this girl, and we was in a game, and jasmine she must have been she was in year six right and bless her little mm-hmm. heart she was like she did the sham god right and i called the time right and i was like do you realize what you just did she was like no i was like you just did the sham god and it was so <laughs> smooth but like to her she's still learning the sport so she doesn't know that she's doing certain moves that even have a name so for yourself like when you was playing basketball in your earlier stages did you like kind of know that you you was good at the sport or like you were starting to to develop skills or was it like, oh, Jasmine, good shot. Okay, Jasmine, you are really good at defense. Appreciate it. Was you just kind of like <laughs> oblivious to what you was going through or was you kind of connecting the dots? I was connecting the dots for sure because like okay. I said, you know, watching it, I was always watching it. Like right. I just, you know, when you're young, you just know that you're doing it and you're doing it well. So like, right. you know, when I started shooting or I started making a layup or whether I made my first crossover or whatever the case may be, I knew that it was right. And I wasn't, I was intentionally doing it. It wasn't things I wasn't, I was doing it unintentionally. Like I knew exactly what I was doing. So I started connecting the dots and figuring it out for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay, so just in in terms of now, if we talk about Cali, just in 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 terms of the overall vibe, because I mean, I'm I'm hearing even in other podcasts that there's a hella lot of players that's in the NBA, the WNBA mm-hmm. out of Cali. Like Cali just mm-hmm. just just breeds a, a different type of player. So just in terms of for yourself, what was it like? growing up in Caddy and and what do you think were some of the contributing factors that you kind that rubbed off on you at that age um I would say that you know you're right like a lot of uh, Cali people you know go on to play you know division one or they have that drive to you know play division one or college and you know professionals even at that um, but I think that would definitely be the motivation. Like, you know, in order to be the best, you have to go against the best. And like mm-hmm. you said, Cali produced a lot of the best basketball players. And, you know, I, when I was younger, it wasn't like I wasn't, I was playing some of them, but they weren't a lot until like until I got to high school. Okay. So, um, you know, when I got to my sophomore year, because I, I actually ended up transferring schools um, to play against the best. And when I got to my sophomore year, um, I started noticing the the comparisons and where oh, wow. I was at and people were starting to tell me like about these other girls who, who have the same drive and same mentality as you and you know they're getting looked at from these schools and they're playing against the USA teams they're you know wow. All-Americans uh, McDonald's All-Americans Jordan from Grand Classics early, like, that's insane. yeah that early so you know these girls I'm playing against I'm like wow like so this is a, this is what it feels to play against the best and I'm for me, I've always noticed that, you know, not saying that I didn't show up when it was people less of than the, than the best, but right. when I played against these All-Americans, I started noticing a different type of beast coming out of mm-hmm. me. Talk um, about because, it. I love it. Yeah, because, like, you know, you see these, you know, they see these girls, and, you know, who are all, you know, getting talked about and stuff like that. So you want to prove something that you can right. play with them. Like, they're right. no better than you. You can play with them. You can play up to their level. So in Cali, and especially in uh, Southern California, um, you know, no shame to Northern California, but in Southern California, in the LA's or all these different private schools, there was a lot of D1 athletes being produced, especially in the time that I was playing in high school, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of athletes being produced. So um, seeing that as though that was like a motivation, like I wanted to, you know, make it or prove my point that I could play with them. It was definitely a motivation having those type of uh, players be uh, playing against those players for sure. So, oh, see, oh man, it's just that exposure. Like, I I can't even imagine because, like, here in London, it's more of like you would you would hear shout out to Chico, that's my guy. But like <laughs> back back then, I didn't really mess with him because um, at the time when I was in year 10, the year above us, they was called the dream team because literally they were like the best basketball team that Mm -hmm. we ever had. And when I kind of took that role and I go front, I I messed up all the way up. My jump shot was a myth. Like my handles was just terrible. It was just, uh, but anyway, that's for um, another podcast. (laughs) But um, like it was interesting because you would kind of hear the hype of oh this person Chico he's nice or this person Xavier he's he's cold but the I just get the feeling that the the vibe and the sensation over in the states is like amplified that much more because like I was saying you're hearing about you've got scouts from all over the country that's coming down to watch and you know they've already got experience playing against some of the US players like like what what is that like in 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 terms of 
you know, I, I think I would be naive to say that players would take that on the chin and be comfortable with that pressure. But for yourself, were there moments where you were like, crap, like I'm in a high school game right now and I've got a scout from so-and-so here. Like, did you play outside of yourself in those moments or was you able to kind of just really lock in and play your style of basketball? See, the thing is, um, for me, I've never really worried about who was in the crowd. Like I knew that they were there and I knew I knew who they were, but that never altered the way that I played. Like if, <laughs> if I played bad, it was because of me, not because who was watching me. It right. was just because of me. So like, you know, it was just the fact that those fires, like I could literally be playing a game and literally nothing else would matter. Like I would literally like zone, be zoned into the game and like, um, those moments where it just felt like it was me in the basket it had nothing to do with whether USC or you know Oregon or whoever's in the crowd it was all about what I was doing and you know don't get me wrong sometimes those were even more push and motivators to be like okay like we got to really show out or whatever like but it was I never let that affect me whether I did good or bad it was just for me I was like I need to go out here because I know I can play and I'm gonna show everybody that I can play but more to myself that I can do this and I'm made for this so you know uh definitely there was a lot of times where I played in front of some college scouts but every single time that I can remember I've never worried or focused on whether or not I was playing good for them but for myself right right oh man so talk about now just in terms of because I think it, it happens to every player whether they're a basketball player football tennis there's that moment where you're either in the zone or there's that moment whether it was in school pickup game playground where you knew that you was nice at mm-hmm. basketball like for you when was that moment and and what did that moment mean to you was it was it like a step back crossover euro was it a dunk maybe like like what was that moment for you that made you realize wait a minute i'm actually nice at this sport Man, I don't want to sound too, you know, I don't want to toot my heart. There's a few moments. Oh, no, talk your talk. Come on, now. Let's go. <laughs> There's a few moments when I was like, dang, like, I'm really good at this. But, um, you know, um, go through the road I'm going to I love it. Like, this more recent, I would say there's this, my first playoff game uh, in mm. soft, my sophomore year. Um, the school that I had transferred to, we ju- they just had moved divisions from Division One or Division Two to Open Division, which if, I'm not sure if you're aware, but in California, there's a division called open division where it's literally the best of the best like the wow. ultimate, ultimate best and this was like like i said i transferred so i was new to all this like girls being like really good like um i don't know if you're aware of the teams of uh, you know the high school teams in california but it was like Winward. um there was like all different types of uh bishop bishop amont um i can't remember some heavy hitters it sounds yeah, like yeah some oh, really heavy hitters me. there's a lot I can't I can't really think of them but I know modern day there's just a lot right uh, Cal Poly so uh, this game I was playing against uh, this high school called Winward it was a private school and um, the girl there was this girl in the same class um, you know she was a top recruit like everybody was talking to me about her like you know be prepared like you gotta guard her and this this and that and um, you know I was getting a lot of stuff for like before the game like everybody was like oh you better be ready like because they was talking about her like they was oh, really talking man. about her 
Okay. And I was like, you know, like I didn't really think of it, think of it uh, as that. I was like, it's just another game. Nice. But you know, once I once I start hearing more about it, I was like, oh, she must be really good. Right. So then, like I said, it's our first playoff game, and so we go, and you know, we're playing. And the first half, I'll say I wasn't more in tune to my offense side rather than my defense. So I was just like focused okay. on defense. But I knew that okay. I had to lock in. I knew that in order for us, you know, to get this win, that I had to contribute on the offensive side. Like, I'm not saying like in the first half, I didn't do nothing offensively, right. but I could have been more aggressive. Like I said, I was a sophomore. I was still trying to figure it out. But at the same time, I was doing whatever I needed to do on the defensive end and make sure that my teammates were holding up their part. Right. But the second half came around. And I was remember I was talking to my coach, and he was like, "Okay, it's time for you to turn up." I was like, "Okay." Left it there. He that was all. There was nothing else that would be said. The, the game is going, and I just a shift of momentum started happening. I'm starting knocking down threes. Uh, I'm starting hey, going Jess to is setting the seat right now. I'm like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it. this is this is like I'm moving without the ball. I'm getting right. open. Like right. these, all these things are starting to happen, and like my that fire was like lit already. Like there was no person or anything that was going to burn it down mm-hmm. but there was these mo- this there was this move that i did so the oh first boy, move okay. i did i did it twice Ooh, and okay. i was on the i was on the right wing i caught the ball and there was a I, I think she was a big or like she was a forward or something she was guarding me at the wing right i ripped and drive went to the uh the baseline stop pulled up she kind of i snatched back she oh, kind of went the way she didn't fall, oh, but she kind she wasn't there at that point. So I made the shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then come around, what happened was I did the exact same thing. I got the ball at the wing. I ripped and drive, and I snatched back again. Mm. And I kind of lost the ball a little bit. But the girl I was defending, which is the girl that everybody was talking about, she ended up falling. And I ended oh. up making the shot. Oh. <laughs> I ended up making the shot. And then I know that I, I like I can hear everybody's reaction and everybody was like, oh, so like in that moment, you know, I'm like the energy is all on me. Like I'm going, I'm going like nobody stopped me at that point. Right. After I did that move, you it's know, she's over. frustrated at her team because her teammate just did the same thing the play before. And like, you know, everybody's like, oh, like being loud and stuff like that because we weren't the favorite to win that game because they were the number one team at the time. So we weren't okay. favorite. We, we was the last team in the seed uh, of the seed in that division because we just moved into that uh, division. So everybody's going crazy. And then at that, like after the game, all I could, everybody was like, that move that you did, that was something different. Like they mm. just kept coming up to me. And I'm like, dang, like, you know, everybody kept saying the exact same thing. It was like, you really got something special. College coaches was talking to my coach about me, asking asking me what year I was and who I was playing with and trial ball and this and that. And I was just like, all this, this attention and stuff started looking at me off of that one game. Because it was like, everybody came to go see her play, right. but leaving remembering who I was. Mm. So like, like, let me say that again. Here we go. Come on now. Come on. Everybody now. came to see her play. Yes. But left and remember who I was. Like I said, I ain't played travel ball, their AAU or anything like that. I was just a kid that nobody knew nothing about. I was under the radar. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody ever heard of me. So I came in as a no name and left with somebody who knew my name after that. Oh night. my. Gosh. So that was the you moment. can't be too high, Jack. Wait a minute. Oh <laughs> that was my the moment gosh. for sure. For sure. That was the, the start of it. And I would say from here on, I just like, you know, I, I was pushed by it. And, you know, a lot of things have happened and changed over the time. Oh, you see, oh, you see that. Oh, my gosh. That that speaks volumes because, 
oh man this 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 oh my god and this is see this is why i this is the one thing that i i i love about basketball is that the minute that moment happens and the crowd is like oh but for me though my rule is you gotta make the shot you can't exactly you know, get someone's ankles and miss like no you you need to make that shot but just right. in, in 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 terms of the fact that no one knew your name like you said the exactly. spotlight was on her and the fact that everyone at the end knew your name that's a serious teaching point and it's just really about i mean you can probably speak better on this but just about knowing yourself not really backing down to the competition and the one thing i one i tell myself as a coach but bring it back down to the players is we could be playing against like you said the number one team in the country but you know as a coach i need to understand that they're not perfect they're still holes in their offense or their defense and things like that and i just feel like that's the mindset that you had but here's a real question that i want to ask you now jazz you see when you did that move the second time right mm -hmm. and the crowd is going crazy right was your mm -hmm. face poker face like i do this man yeah 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 chill out man i got I, this or was you like let's go <laughs> no literally like literally i had no reaction to it i was literally oh, so like focused into the game like i had no reaction to it like it's kind of like i didn't know that i did it but i knew i did it because i did the move right. but to know like when i look back at it and i'm and i watch it like i watched it still today like wow oh man i love the way people react to it but my face was so like straight <laughs> and you know i ran back on defense because it was like it, it was nothing to me i was like this is what i'm supposed to do you feel mm. me like it was never about uh trying to embarrass or anybody or just me proving that point that saying i can do this it, like like i said i went in the game not caring about what other people were saying all i was focused on is what i needed to do in right. order to get the win right right see low-key i feel like that's that Caddy swag too, man. It's just like I ain't go, I ain't go show you out, but you know I did that to you now. Okay, <laughs> see the camera right there. All right, cool. We ain't gonna talk about it, but I love it. I love it. And just in, in terms of again, just hearing about the AAUs, because you know, um, I tell the story um a lot. Just in terms of, I remember um, Jasmine, I was watching um a well, what I thought was a college game. You know, they're in a huge stadium. The fans are there. They got the merchandise t-shirts the crowd's going crazy every single time they score then i look at the title high school team i said wait time out high school team and yet they're <laughs> in a huge stadium and they got all these fans like the the level of competition out there and just the go-getters and they actually bring it every single day just just like what is it like being in that environment on a day-to-day basis not just in terms of Mm -hmm. games but what does the practice look like what does the the conversation with your teammates look like at that time um a lot of it the practice is very intense like mm, you know yeah. um we were really trying to you know like i said we were trying to prove a point like we were trying to make sure that we were on our p's and q's making sure that we were doing exactly what we needed to do in order to get the win right and the conversations was like it's either we go in there and we take or we get taken from like it was that mm. that's it and you know that whole week you know and you could just see everybody's intensity and you know you can just see how everybody wanted it because like i said we got moved from a division that was nowhere near close to open division so it was something new that we we had to prove it to ourselves too that we belonged there right so that time you know um like i said everybody was so motivated to start playing and getting out there and 
the conversations were different. Like, you know, the conversations we were having coaches and players, like everything was about, okay, like we know what we need to do, but it's about if we're going to do it or not. Like right. we have all the tools where the reason why we got moved up is because we've shown that we deserve to play at that level. Nice. 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 Now, the next step, I think is is difficult for players, especially when you're getting so many offers is where do where do I want to take my talents you know do I want to take it to right. this college or that college so for yourself you know what were some of the things that you were thinking about before making that final thought to commit to play for the, the California Bears um so uh, over time when I got older and I was like understanding college and know the atmosphere or you know the different type of dynamics that college has and brings with it mm-hmm. um i've always used to i was always intrigued by the university of california like i knew when people talked about cal they were right. talking about how prestigious of a, a institution it was and how you know so many people try to get in but they can't and you know um you know there's a lot of professional athletes the bay area like so many people love cal Right. And at a very like at a young age when I was in high school, I say about freshman year, I used to always just imagine playing for Cal because I was like, you know, everybody wants to win a Pac-12 when you're on the West Coast. Like right. it's something about that Pac-12, like it's unbeatable. Like everybody loves the Pac-12. You know, Power Five conference, you play the best of the best. Like so, Cal having that and also being a top like institution in the world mm-hmm. was kind of like the best of both worlds. You know. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a bonus that it wasn't too far from home. So I was like, that's always good. So, like, I always had that in my back pocket when I was a freshman. But when it came, when it came to, like, you know, getting older and understanding about reality and understanding about the future and you got to plan for your future and out ahead, I started looking at those things. Like, it wasn't about more, you know, of course, basketball, I'm pushing. I want, um, you know, I want to be good. I want to be the best. I want to play with the best. Right. But also, what about what's going to happen when I don't have basketball? There you go. You know, I'm, I want to mm-hmm. plan my life out. I want to have goals. I want to reach those goals, right? So that was a, a huge aspect for me because, like I said, I've had, you know, this is not my first surgery. This is my second surgery. So, like, those things started to play and, you know, being um, a factor in, like, choosing where I needed to be for the next four four years of my uh my life right so um over time you know and i had a very different recruiting process from a lot of people that i know like my oh, story wow. when it, the basketball it's not you know as simple and com- uh, simple that usually other people's are like mine was very uh complex right you know i only played truth be told i only played one full year of high school basketball so you know like that played a part in it too like who was willing to you know really know invest in somebody who doesn't really have it like not experience mm-hmm. but haven't had a lot under her belt given right. her injuries and transfers and stuff like that so you know when time went on and I went on my visit and I got to you know experience what it was like to be up here you know like the best way I can explain it was when I came up here it didn't feel like a visit at all it felt oh, like I already man. knew the people that I was nice. having conversations with I already knew these people right and stuff like that when I came on my visit it didn't feel like a visit like I've always it felt like I already knew these people right and you know the environment um you know like I said it's Cal 
you know, like anywhere you go, there's going to be good parts and there's going to be bad parts. Mm -hmm. But I always looked at the positives and try to take the positives as the positives and not focus so much on the negatives. Right. You know, you're not, nowhere you go or visit is going to be 100%. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that you should take out of a college is like where you want to be comfortable and who you want to be comfortable around. Right. So I got that. So that was a huge choice, like, you know, huge factors in the choices that I made to come to Cal. So, and see, this is where like the uni lifestyle is 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 a whole another ball game because I saw um, a player's schedule and I was like, okay, so is this what they're doing in terms of they're waking up at six to seven is like breakfast, seven to eight film room, eight to nine weight room, ten to eleven practice, mm -hmm. more footage more shooting more reps mm -hmm. and for like a lot of people it was like wait a minute i didn't know that i had to be this committed to the sport of basketball and like mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that so what's some of the things that you thought that you knew about the uni lifestyle versus what you actually know now having gone through it um well, that's a good question um i would say i think i was pretty aware of the scheduling and you know understanding that i wasn't gonna have time for a lot of things okay. i will say the things that i didn't know were like but it's like i knew it but i didn't really understand what it was going to take physical mm -hmm. um wise um was the practice the intensity of practice like people used to always tell me like be prepared like at that level it's way different and right. i was like different i was prepared for different but not this different so like <laughs> you know, i mean like when i first got here like the like the individual like it was a summer workout and the individual uh you know workouts i was like wow like you know it's only a few of us because it's a guard individual workout mm -hmm. and we're just going like there's no breaks no nothing. we're just going we're pushing we're you know the first day that literally the first day i got there you know we're pushing we're you know doing everything individually so i was i wasn't prepared for that but right. i knew that it was something on be different just not this different but other, right. other than that like the scheduling and stuff like that um i was prepared for i knew that it was going to happen and i knew i needed to be ready for it like i said when you're a freshman i've told this to you know the freshmen that i know now or people that i know like mm -hmm. there's no way to actually prepare for college like you just have to be thrown in it this and get it. used to it so like you know my first year like the first few months like it took me a minute to get used to it until so i understood that there was practice there was film then there was uh after practice meals and you got to go in for taping at this time and everything was planned out right and it took me a minute to really understand that that's what it was every single day mm -hmm. every single day and you know uh it's really something that you don't be prepared for you just like i say you just gotta be pushed into it and you know hope for the best and just continue to do something like i said uh, earlier you have your highs and then you have your lows and right. you know um with college uh especially at a division one it's really hard to you know pick yourself up at the lows and making that decision to be somewhere where you you, you understand the people and you're comfortable comfortable with the people mm -hmm. makes it 10 times easier right right <laughs> i love that there's different then there's this different you know like yeah it's, it's, it's just a whole other level because a whole nother level oh my god i mean shout out to kyla um nelson she's um hooping over there in the states because like she was telling me like coach like <clears throat> i thought i was fit right Hooping right here in london then i had my first practice and coach oh yeah 30 minutes in i was like <laughs> what on earth am i doing here like, yeah. I my mom, like hey mom 
This ain't it right here. This ain't it's it way like... different. It, yeah, you. I'm telling you, like they tell you, you know, they tell you, they give you a warning and tell you, okay, you need to be fit. But you think and your your fit is way I'm different fit, from their right. idea of right. fit because the fit <laughs> definition do not equal to what they think fit is. I would just be the first one to tell you, like it is not the same at all. So um, you know, like before, you know, I was doing workouts here and there, but it wasn't like I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know what I was getting into, right. but it wasn't like what I needed to be prepared for. And also understanding that you can't be prepared for it because every program is different. They do it a different type of way, mm-hmm. and you know the little practices and the little weights or you know the little workouts that i was doing was nothing helping me towards where i needed to be for here right it's just like I said it's just literally something that you have to be in and continuously do it to get right. to understand it but once you're out of it like the little breaks and stuff like that mm-hmm. you think you're doing enough even like being a college player now and having the breaks that we did over covid or whatever like mm-hmm. it still wasn't enough it still wasn't enough so like I said, it is a it's a way different, different. <laughs> my goodness. See, um, I love how you were like, I mean, you know, I thought I was fit. I was doing, you know, my little workouts and stuff, you know. That was cute, but until I got into the gym and actually worked with, like, that actual trainers, it's, it's just on a whole other level. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I think one thing that I absolutely love about, you know, just the programs over in the States is the fact that they, they really treat you like the athlete and the pro that you're going to be if you know players take that path in college just in in terms of you know basketball being a lifestyle but also just understanding the importance of rest you've got weight rooms stretching taping film rooms and even to the extent of dealing with the media so I was like so Jasmine you had you know you had 46 points you know what what was it about how bad the defender was you know and you know just just and you can't even say like well you know that defender mm-hmm. was trash they couldn't go in and no I mean you know it's just my teammates they you know they support like they really media train you so for yourself on that aspect you know how would you say you know you 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 kind of develop just in terms of when the media and the cameras are in your face to like kind of how you developed just being a up-and-coming pro um i think that for me it was always kind of like in my personality to be prepared for everything and when it came to media or you know reporters or coaches whatever the case may be i think i just stepped up to whatever was you know getting thrown at me Mm-hmm. Um, I've never felt like I buckled in any situation that was given to me when it came to that. And understanding that even whether you're, you know, having a good night or a bad night, just be prepared for the worst. Right. And um, being prepared for a pro or whatever in the basketball sense was kind of like, this is what it takes. So be prepared that, you know, this is what it's going to be like for the next odd years or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with practice, you know, it's kind of for me it was kind of like I didn't you know at certain points I didn't know my body could actually go through certain things that far <laughs> right, um, right. Like, I was always I was, used to always question my uh, physicality and like doing everything I was like I really didn't know that I could go to these limitations but mm-hmm. other than that you know just seeing that that's a day to day thing I kind of I trained my mind to be prepared for everything that could come up in practice or a game or whatever it's kind of like 
it's something that you get used to over time when you keep doing it every single day it it honestly becomes part of your program like it's just wired that way like rather you know you read a book every day like eventually it's just become natural and i feel like me getting used to the scheduling the practice it was still hard don't i'm not saying that it's not hard it's just you train your mind to be you know aware of it and wired to know that you're doing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and just in terms of you know you were saying earlier what what your first practice was like what was that first time stepping on the court playing against high level competition you know your very first college game like i said i had (laughs) i had a real different type of story than everybody else when it comes to college or even basketball um so the first college game that i had i actually um i mean i could i won't really count the little intermittent uh game that we had against Mm -hmm. um beijing that wasn't really college or whatever i wouldn't count that but the first game in the preseason i actually missed the first two games of my college career because i was out with a concussion um, a really bad one. And so when I came back, my first game, it was, for me, it was terrible because oh, I was still getting used to like learning how to like, my, I had dead legs. So I was trying to shoot. I think I airballed like five times. Oh, um, man. Like it was just, it was super bad. Like a right. very bad experience for, you know, having it be my first game. And um, like, but being on the court, doing the warmups and being around the atmosphere, you know, hearing the fans at the time pre-COVID, yes. you know, it was nice to know, like, you know, being the atmosphere, like, it was really nice doing everything, whether it was pre-game or shooting or shoot around or whatever the case may be, it was just nice to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, after the game, you know, I wiped it away and I was like, come back for the next one and just continuously do it over and over again. But that right. first game, whether it was bad the way it happened, I was just happy to be there, grateful to be there and enjoy the process of getting there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know what's crazy? Like, especially it's 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 definitely had me getting used to the fact that watching basketball without the fans. Because at first, when I heard you know the NBA is coming back and the Euroleague is coming back, I'd be like, okay, cool. At least you know I can hear defensive schemes and hear players talking. And I got used to it for a minute, but then there'll be like a like a mad highlight or or like some step back three and. All you hear is another like, mm-hmm. nah, I need some more energy. And they say, oh yeah. my God, he got it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just a different vibe when you're even, mm-hmm. like you were saying, during the warm-ups, you know, everyone is counting. You've got the crowd cheering you. It's, 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 it's just a different environment mm-hmm. to be in. And just in terms of, you know, like you said, you're you're competing against the best of the best. So just right. in terms of, you know, what, what was the type of prep that your coaches was putting you through just so that you can be fully locked in and as well prepared as possible um just the push like constant talking to me and like you know i'm i'm a i'm the type of person i could take criticism in any type of way whether it's good criticism bad criticism i could take it no matter what and use it to my advantage and you know i'm also i've you know i've been told by multiple different people multiple different coaches i'm very well coachable so you know during you know those times where i was preparing and whether, like I said, whether I, you know, my first game was bad or whatever, like, you know, I just came off a concussion. Like, I was also willing to hear every bad feedback, good feedback that I've got. What did I do well? What did I do bad? Right. You know, I knew that my legs, you know, not having, you know, a lot of time. I was, I think I was out like four weeks off of the concussion alone. Um, having all that time off, like from doing workouts and then completely stopping. 
you know, um, it was different. You know, my legs had no energy. I didn't have no bounce or anything. So, you know, I take the, the grain of salt with that one. But the prep was just like, we're going to go hard. We're going to push you. This is what it takes to play at this mm-hmm. level. And you got to understand that we're doing it because we know we've seen it. We, we some of them played in it. So they know exactly what it needs to be you know, good at this level or great at this level. Right. And you know, they see it in me that I want to be great and I want to be, you know, you know, known or I want to be pushed and I want to, you know, want everything that's coming from, like, you know, coming at me like I can accept it. So, you know, they never push me outside of my comfort zone because there is, for me, I don't think there's no limit for uncomfortability at all. Like, I'm very mm. cool with the uncomfortable and I don't mind being uncomfortable because that's the only way I knew. In order to be better and to get better, I had to be uncomfortable. So, like, you know, the prep for that week was just like, we're just going to go hard. Who cares right. if you make a mistake? We, we understand. But as long as you go hard and stuff like that, we're going to tell you when you're wrong and when you're right and just keep moving along. This is it. This is it. And oh man, I think it's, it's, it's so important to have that mindset. And this is a question that I tend to kind of go back and forth with. So I'm very um, intrigued to see what you think in, in terms of, would you say the competitive edge is something that you can be born with or something that you learn as you go along? I think both. I think Ooh, okay. some people I think some people are automatically born with that fire. Like right. I feel like, you know, being surrounded by whoever you are or, mm-hmm. you know, your family or whatever can ignite that fire a little more. But also the nature of competitive uh, competitiveness comes within yourself over time when you get more involved. I feel like the more you, you understand who you are in the you know, the sport or whatever you might do, the job or whatever, you be wanting to come, you know, better at it. And that 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 fight and that fire to want to be better tends to show up in ways that you never thought it could. So like, you know, whether you're trying to beat somebody out for a position, you know, that's competitiveness. You start doing things different. You start wanting to be better at certain things, start showing up to, you know, work a little early than the next person. Like, I think it's just a natural thing that becomes a part of people when it starts to engage in things that you actually want to be good at and actually want. Right. Right. And I'm very curious now because I think I came to this realization during the very start of the pandemic that uh, I ain't gonna lie, um, Jasmine, I've told the listeners um, when, you know, people ask me, you know, so coach, like, you know, who are you outside of basketball? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, um, that's a good question because literally during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to hoop, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can watch the last dance. That's about basketball, cool. Okay, let's watch some old school, um, games that's about basketball you know let's let's just go through some film or go through some drill that's about basketball to the point where i was like yo there's coach d then there's dimitri you know who just likes to chill watch mm-hmm. movies japanese cartoons eat mm-hmm. ice cream ben and jerry's cookie dough that's my favorite undefeated but anyway i'm like there's just <laughs> like stuff like that so for yourself are you able to distinguish jazlyn the player versus Jazlyn the person outside of basketball or are they kind of intertwined into one I think that over time I've been able to distinguish it Mm. but now I can finally say that Jazlyn the person shows up in Jazlyn the basketball player that I don't change 
you know, I bring who I am to the court. You know, um, I, I, I think a lot of people have struggled with trying to figure out who they are outside of what they do. Right. And right. Um, for me, like, I, I struggled too. I was trying to figure out, like, without basketball, what am I? Or, you know, who am I? And I always kind of knew it. I just didn't really, like, take in consideration that I knew it. I was just afraid that there was nothing more exciting, exciting than to basketball right now. Mm-hmm. But then... As time go on, um, I started noticing that the same person that I am, you know, whether that's goofy, you know, loving, caring, uh, inspiring, like person that I am, it shows up in the basketball player in me. That's just another part of me. And so um, for me, um, I think it was a struggle for me to distinguish the two because I didn't want people to see me and say, oh, she's just a basketball player. Right. I feel like now I think I've, I've got to a point where people see me and say, that's just Jazzy. She also plays basketball. Does that right. make sense? Right. No, completely. Completely. And just in terms of, I mean, even though you've got so far to go, like this is kind of just the beginning, you know, you're, you're kind of turning the page and starting a new right, chapter. Right. When you have moments of reflection, are you kind of surprised that, damn, you're telling me just from my uncle seeing me shoot my wonky free throw like just from me getting into basketball it's just giving me so many experiences and so many different perspectives like you know what are some of when you look back you know what does that reflection look like to you just in terms of how far basketball has taken you and still is um when I look back first the first thing I think about is like wow like I said like the, the path that I got to get here wasn't normal, you right. know, and there's a lot of people out there who could say the same thing, but, you know, in my situation and, you know, my family or whatever the case may be or people who know me or the people I know, like, it's way different, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful for it. First of all, I've always, you know, think, wow, like, I'm, I must be really lucky or God's favorite, one of God's favorites, but <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, you know, just seeing, like, you know, the, the path that it took to get here, and seeing the path that it took to get here, I know that there's still more out there for me to, you know, attack and get because, um, like, I mean, it's another story for another time, but like right, I said, right. it, was, it wasn't it was easy. And when I reflect, I'm, I always think like, wow, because whether the girl from the free throw line uh, outside of my house, you know, on a little uh, outside hoop to playing in Haas Pavilion or Matthew Knight Arena or the Galen Center or whatever the case may be, Right. It just it's really like that shocking like wow we, we really did a lot to get here so the reflection is like but it wasn't just basketball that also got me here it was also the go. person who I am mm-hmm. I didn't quit when things get hard I had a good attitude I you know good personality when, when I you know meet people like you know they remember me so I was actually doing things outside of basketball that also got me here Right. So I also just think of that the type of person that I was, you know, made to be and continue to be. And, you know, that's another thing about distinguishing the person I am, because, you know, with basketball and, you know, the situations without basketball, I still showed up. People still wanted to mess with me. People still wanted to interact with me. People still found that, you know, that something about me, that glow about me, that wanted them to still conversate with me or still, you know, contact me or something like that. So, you know, also reflect on those two things, too. Indeed, indeed. And just in terms of, you know, I've been fortunate enough to get a lot of different insights, you know, because um, fortunately, you know, I started coaching basketball in 2008 and my very first team was the women's team, you know, and even Mm -hmm. 
up until now and I'm you know at the point even before now where it's not just like because you know the some of the players that I used to coach would be like you know coach like it would be frustrating when I would go to a, a scrimmage and I'll hit someone with a crossover make a jump shot and they'll be like oh you're pretty nice for a girl like mm-hmm. no it should it should be I'm just nice like, yeah exactly that's it you know so just in 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 terms of you know how you came up in basketball is there anything that you would like to see change in in terms of you know how girls and young women are introduced to basketball or just sports in general uh yeah i would definitely say like that that comment that you know you said that oh you're nice for a girl or whatever uh it was kind of the opposite for me uh opposite for me like you know playing up like growing up playing with my brothers and stuff shout out to them Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of introduced me to a diff the way that that they play. I picked up on that. So like when I got okay. older, you know, people used to say, "Well, you play like a boy." Like I used to always hear that a lot. Like you play like a boy. I never got, "Oh, you you're good for a girl, whatever." They just seen it. Like you play like the character, same characteristics and mannerism was like a, a boy on the basketball court. Right. And I, you know, when I think about, it, I was like, "Well, I I grew up playing with my brothers. Like I didn't learn from anybody else but them. The way I shoot, the way I." I dribble the way I do certain things like it's all off of them so right you know um I think definitely the the idea of you know distinguishing girls and boys in a sport should never be about the gender or you know you what go. the sex is or whatever I think it's honestly just looking at it and be like wow you really can play basketball right. you really can play soccer you really can play tennis whatever the case may be you just can play that sport because when the sport was created it wasn't you know altered for you know boys to be better at it right. it was just the sport was created and people who decide to play at it are either good or bad at it i don't think it should be oh you you're good at it because you're a girl or whatever or you're not that good at it at it because you're a boy like if right. it was for volleyball or something like that so i I don't think that should ever be uh, a reason why somebody should be good or bad about it. So I would definitely like to see that moving forward. Definitely. Definitely. I love it. And and just before we wrap up, we're about to enter the third quarter, which I call the quick hitter segment. So I'm just going to run some questions by you and just see where you're at. With okay, them. sounds so good. So the first one is... What would you say is a skill that is taught by many but only mastered by a few? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. I think <laughs> I would have to say common sense. <laughs> I would have to say common oh, sense. Talk about it. I love it because I <laughs> immediately came up with the quote of what's the quote? I'm not sure if you know it, like um everyone has common sense but common sense isn't common or something like that but yeah i've heard it something like that but i would have to say common sense is for sure one that not too many people really gas grasp the the idea of right right okay. in any circumstance any circumstance <laughs> right right <laughs> let me just throw that out there right <laughs> i love it next one is the best piece of advice you ever received um, the best piece of advice. Ooh, see, I've heard a lot of good advice and mm. you know, I'm, I'm pretty young still, but right. I've talked to a lot of people with knowledge and who've experienced things and you know, that I haven't experienced or lived way longer than me. So like, that's a hard one, but I would probably have to say right now there's two. So okay. there's one that I kind of came up on like by myself that I came up with 
Um, you know, I don't know if somebody ever said it before or it's out there, but, you know, just coming up uh, off of things that I've been through um, was that everybody has a story, but don't let nobody tell yours. Ooh. That's that's when I came up by myself, okay. like, over time. Okay. And then uh, the other one that I just recently heard was, you know, if you're stuck in hell, why would you stay? Just keep going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are two. But the, the first one is, is very, you know, it means more to me because, like I said, you know, we all have our own stories, but you don't never let somebody tell yours because it's yours. Let that track breathe for a minute. Golly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. And, oh, man, the <laughs> next one is if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't... Say that one more time. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. I would say feeling sorry for myself. Ooh. Yeah. I would Why definitely do you mean say that? Feeling sorry. Because a lot of times when we go through life, things are going to happen to us. Like I said, like this injury that I had, like it was, it was going to happen. It just happens. Things happen. Right. But if I feel sorry about what happened to me, how am I going to move forward in any circumstances? If I feel sorry because I didn't score, you know, 20 points this game, how am I going to, you know, be better for the next game? If I felt sorry for myself that I wasn't the first one done with the sprint, how am I going to have motivation to get me to be the first one the next time we do sprints? See, Jazzy, this I, I can't lie. I'm sitting down right now, but there's been multiple times where you've been speaking. I'm like, hey, get, hey, come on, let's go, dude. Come on, let's go, Jazz. Listen, you, 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 I mean, you already had a fan in me, but you see when you come back on the court, oh, Lord have mercy. Just, just know you might be hearing a coach with a British accent screaming all the way from across the pond. Let's go, Jazz, get him. <laughs> Listen, get I him. appreciate it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Now the last one is what would the title of your autobiography be? The title of my autobiography would be like I ju- I'm just getting started. That's what it'd be. That's what it'd be for sure. Oh man, I feel like playing some little baby or meat milk in the <laughs> background. Now I love it. I love it. Okay, just before we wrap up, we're in the fourth quarter. We're gonna have a little bit of fun so what i do with my guest is i give them 10 seconds like a 10 second countdown and for uh-huh. example i might say jasmine i'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name uh, five nba teams as a demo and then you would just start listening them naming them. so okay. literally once you hear the countdown mm-hmm. which should be happening 10, now nine, then you just start eight, listing them off seven Right, so do I go right now? No, 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 so that was just a demo. Oh, okay, that was a demo, okay. Cool. Okay, the first one, let's start off nice and easy. Okay, Jaslyn, I'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. LeBron James, uh, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Oh, she said seven. (laughs) Bet. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Okay. Next one. Ten seconds to name five NBA teams. The Lakers, Warriors, Spurs, Miami Heat. 
Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, Phoenix Suns. There we go. That's crazy. I love how she put first the LA Lakers. I repeat, the Lakers first. Okay. <laughs> okay, but listen, listen. I, I know it. I said that first because I'm from here, but they're not my favorite. They're not okay, my favorite. Okay, right, right. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. The next one, this is where a couple of the guests, some of them stumble. So this one is is, is gonna really test your knowledge. Okay, so okay. next one, Jazz, is 10 seconds, name five NBA coaches. Ooh, that's gonna be a hard one for sure. <laughs> no, um, Doc Rivers, uh, okay. uh, one, um, Tyron Lue, um, Stephen Kerr, and, oh, dang, that was a hard one, that was a hard one, that was a hard one for sure. It was on the tip of the tongue, it was for sure, tip of the tongue. You got oh, me there. Was that four? I think I got yeah. four. No, four, oh. four, strong, solid, okay. solid. Literally, okay. some people don't even make it that far. Some people are like, yeah, coach, I'm, I'm tapping out. Sorry, bro. That's, <laughs> coach is not, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Phil Jackson, he don't, he don't coach on, but oh, my fault, my fault. You right. <laughs> okay, last three, last three. Okay, next one. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Whew. Luka Donkovic, Giannis, what is the other one? Five. Christophe Porzingis. Yup. Um, two, two, uh, oh, that was a hard one too. That was a hard one too. I was trying to think of all the teams. Like my brain was like, what team? I, the star or whatever. Because some, some you forget that they're international um, right. players. That like that's really what you got to really think about. It's true. But okay. I should say, uh, would it would it count if I would say Giannis and his brothers? Because that's that's two more. This is true. I'll take that. So with, I'll okay, take that. Well, it's too late now, but <laughs> glad I know for the next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last two. Let's get it. Okay. I'm gonna give you ten seconds to name your top five players of all time. Okay. Cool. Kobe Bryant, Candace Parker, Lisa Leslie, Maya Moore, uh, uh, Stephen Curry, uh, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan. Go. Um, I love it. Oh, she keep it going. Keep it going. Let's go. Keep it going. going. Maya Moore, um, Super. I'm I'm gonna start and be a fan of Luka Djokovic, but for sure, uh, Stephen Curry, Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Durant, for sure, for sure. Candace Parker, Maya Moore. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So. Love it. Okay. Last one now. Last one. Okay. 10 seconds. Name five artists that get you hyped before a game. Ooh. Talk to me. What's up? Beyonce, Chris Brown, Drake, Michael Jackson. Um, Five, four. Oh. Any gospel singer out here. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's get it. I love it. I love it. That is the fourth quarter. She finished, made that three, and she just holding that. Let's go. That I get it. There you that go. There you go. <laughs> See, I, I was Loki gonna be like she made that three and then did the LeBron look away and then run. But I think Jazz is is is, is more humble, so she would have held it and just ran back with the. Poker Probably face. just went right back on defense. <laughs> Talking about get back, get back, get right. back. That's all that I did. <laughs> Oh I'm my not goodness. really the animated person when it comes to that stuff, but right, maybe you right. might see it. You might see it in the near future. You might. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now, listeners, don't worry. All the info is going to be in the 
description but for those who want to follow you and see what you've got going on Jazlyn talk to me where can they find you uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Jazlyn J-A-Z dot L-E-N that's my Instagram uh, Twitter Green Jazlyn uh, very simple um, also shout out to you know Cal Women's Basketball follow us Indeed. on there just catch a lot of me on there um, yeah that's that's pretty much it that's what's up. That's what's up. Right, listeners, this is myself and the humble, humble, but I'm I'm, I'm telling you, her, her, her story is still being written. Jazlyn Green signing out.